0: Previously on A New Winter. And there, in front of me, were dozens of frozen bodies. Children. But what terrified me more is that I could hear shouting. Someone was coming, and they were close. This is episode 54, and the final episode of season 4 of A New Winter. Hello? I heard a voice call from the woods. Is someone there? I panicked. and ran in the other direction. Had someone followed me here? Who had been the one that had laid down these corpses? Who were they? Whoever it was that was coming was bound to see my tracks, so I had to make a diversion. I remembered the fire that the man had made out the front. That means he'd have something to make a fire, right? I was able to find his bag and quickly rummaged inside to find a zippo lighter and some fire starters. It would be tough for this to really catch so quickly in the snow, but time was short. I set fire to everything that I could until I came across a bottle of whiskey. stuffed in some pages from a book of his and made myself some kind of Molotov cocktail. I threw it into the secret room and ran, hoping the film stock and the amount of paper and photos in there would catch rather quickly. And fortunately, the flames had taken rather well. And as I ran, I could see through the smoke that had now appeared figure, trying to run towards the house. I quickly ran in the opposite direction, looked back to see that whomever it was must indeed have been preoccupied with the house and had not seen me. I disappeared into the woods and kept going. I didn't stop, but night was starting to envelop me, and I found myself lost within the woods once again. Thoughts were rushing around my head. I felt confused, angry, tired. The rush of adrenaline clearly now leaving me crashing hard. Just then, nearby, I noticed a light. A small light coming from within the trees. I ventured further in and noticed three tents. The light was coming from inside one of them. Were there people moving in there? I moved closer and as I did so, I slowly turned to my left to see... A man. Just staring at me in complete terror his penis in his hand, ready to obviously piss up the tree. Shh, I gestured. I didn't want anyone knowing I was there. He quickly put himself away and then drew in a breath to scream. I suddenly launched at him, knocked him to the floor, stifling his scream. What was that? I heard a girl say from the tent. Don't worry, I'll go look, a man answered. I lowered myself onto the man in front of me, my hand over his mouth, but his breathing through his nose was making too much noise so I quickly pinched his nose and put all my weight down on him pinning him down completely I felt him struggle but I kept my attention on the young lad in the tent eh, nothing, he said and I heard a giggle from the girl I let go of the man I was on top of but it was too late I'd killed him two men? in a day? what was wrong with me? I got up and carried on around the tents. There must be some kind of a civilization nearby. Surely they wouldn't have gone too far into the forest. I was getting cold now, tired. But after another ten minutes, I came upon something. Something that I should have really expected. The Stockwell Farm. This is where it all began. And somehow, I felt like this was where it was all going to end. I ventured towards the farm and before I entered the door, I heard a scream. That the campers found the body of their friend? It must have had some volume to travel so far, piercing the night sky like a knife. I turned around and saw that great wall of white, the forest line, watching me into the house. I walked in and thought, was this really my home? I had no recollection of it. Was I really a stock wheel? Just then, I heard a whisper from back outside the door. I turned around and saw the three white orbs, standing completely still in the clearing in the snow. The whispering was coming from them, as if they were talking to one another. They seemed to be different kinds of sounds. One sounded angry, another upset, and another sad. I couldn't make out what they were saying, just the tone of their whispers... Then all of a sudden I heard, Daddy? I turned around and suddenly, from the top of the stairs, I heard it again. Daddy? And it was Sandra. She ran down the stairs, passing right through me and towards the man who had just come through the front door. And that person was also me. Daddy, Sandra said, jumping up and down for a hug. Fuck off, the other me said. And I looked drunk, perhaps even high, or maybe both. Sandra started getting upset, and the other me pushed her away and went to the kitchen to open up a beer. Where's your mother? he asked. Picking up Kate from Diana's. "Hmm." The other me grunted and sat down with a drink. Make me a sandwich, ham. Sandra went about making a ham sandwich in complete silence. The other me looked like he could pass out any second. Just then, she dropped the plate on the floor. The smash woke the other me up, and he stood up from his chair. You clumsy fucking bitch. What are you doing? I'm not made of money. Sorry, I... But it was too late. He slapped her across the face. I hate you, she shouted. And he slapped her again. Except he didn't stop. He kept slapping her, and then soon his slaps turned to punches and then he began throttling her I went to cry out for him to stop but I couldn't do anything I just stood there, watching the other me had tears in his eyes as slowly, Sandra clutching at her father's arms stopped flailing it just hung there loose she was dead no, I thought no, this can't be right what was I watching? And then the other me panicked, picked her up, took her out the front door into the snow and put her in the middle of the back seat of the car in the driveway. Without opening the door, I was able to glide into the front seat and watched as the other me reversed and hit the road with myself and Sandra with him. It was dark. The roads were icy and the other me looked wild, frenzied, sweating. He kept adjusting the mirror to look at the back seat, to look at the limp body of his dead daughter, He kept shaking his head from side to side and murmuring. Soon, we were venturing out of the city, on a familiar road. The other me started to hyperventilate. What was he doing? He was puffing as if hyping himself up for something. The car was going faster and faster. And then suddenly he took a hard right turn into the woods. Straight into a tree. I watched Sandra fly out the front window and, like a rag doll, she lay on the car bonnet, unmoving, bones broken, a bloody mess. I turned to see my other self, airbag and seatbelt having seemingly done its job, and saved him. He spat out what looked like a tooth, and his nose looked wonky. I felt my own nose, and yes, I could feel it didn't seem straight either. He got out of the car and, in a tray of blood, wandered off into the forest. Suddenly I was back in the house, except this time I was in the lounge, watching a little girl and an even smaller boy play a game of operation. The buzzing making them giggle. Then, from the other room I heard shouting. It was me again, and a woman. I couldn't quite make it out. The two children looked at one another and the girl put her hands on her ears and the boy followed suit. I walked to the kitchen and could see myself arguing with a woman. I knew her. It was... It was Lauren. The other me threw a plate against the wall and it smashed. Fuck's sake. You still think it's my fault, don't you? You think I did it on purpose? How do I know, she said. Where were you going that late at night? And don't tell me to get dinner. I can't listen to that bullshit anymore. What were you going to do? Hunt it? Fine, fine. You know what? think what you want I don't give a shit anymore and he walked out Lauren cried I wanted to go over and hug her but I knew I couldn't and in a way I was angry with her for not standing up to me for being so pathetic then everything went black suddenly I was back in the house at night looking out the door towards the woods it was quiet too quiet as if even the animals had disappeared but I couldn't help but feel something in the air, some kind of pressure. In fact, I felt nauseous. There was some kind of tremor shaking me from head to toe. What was outside? I dared not do anything, not even move. Just then, from out of the darkness, entered my other self in the room. Naked, sweaty, covered in blood. I followed him as he walked to the kitchen and took a drink of water. He didn't make a sound, but stood by the sink for several moments before sitting in front of the TV and watching whatever trash was on. I turned slowly back to the front door, still open, and wondered what lay out there, in the darkness. But I knew what. I knew what was out there, the same as I knew what had happened from the beginning. I looked at the other self in front of the TV, tapped into the electricity allowing images, scenes fantasies into his brain distracting him taking his mind off what was really happening he was mesmerised I walked outside there was a single light coming from the barn next door I walked in and saw them the pile of bodies one piled onto the other I heard laughter coming from the house my laughter carefree and I knew they were dead murdered Lauren, my wife Michael, my son and Kate Stockwell my daughter Mr Stockwell I turned around and saw Inspector Crawley and then I turned back again and saw that the bodies were gone Mr Stockwell, he said again cautiously getting closer to me are you okay? yes Yeah, I think so, I answered. Do you remember what happened, Mr Stockwell? Yes. Yes, but it... It it wasn't me, though. You're ill, Mr Stockwell. Very, very ill. I need to take you in, ask you a few questions. But... But this doesn't make sense. (sighs) I'm so confused. And I started to feel my mind bend and twist, as if it was... ...working things out... ...started to comprehend what I'd done... ...that this entire time... ...it had been me that had done it... ...I was the bad guy... I looked at Tim Stockwell... ...he was clearly a mess... ...a psychopath... ...but this moment... He looked somewhat ashamed. Perhaps going back to the scene of the crime had knocked something loose in there. It would be a while before any kind of backup would arrive, especially in this weather. While he was calm, I had to talk him down. He'd already murdered two people in as many hours, so I knew he wouldn't think twice before coming at me and trying to stab my neck. My whole time in this town investigating this case had led to this very moment. It led to finding this man... I remember my boss back in London shrugging her shoulders. It's all yours if you want it, Crawley, she said. Let's just hope you come back. She laughed, and I laughed too. Little did I realise that right now, I wasn't so sure I would. I want to say thank you to my patrons for continuing to support the show you can become a patron yourself by going to patreon.com slash a new winter remember you can email us at newwinterpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at a new winter and on facebook facebook.com slash a new winter that's it for season four but we'll be returning soon for season five thank you for listening